what's up, everybody? I'm Alex Warren, and welcome to Locked In, the show where we investigate the truth behind the clickbait. Once my guest steps into the studio, we set the timer for 60 minutes, lock the door, and throw away, throw away the key. The only way out is when the timer hits zero. In this episode, we're locking in Markel Washington. I don't remember discussing being locked in, but <laughs> <laughs> welcome. I'm here. Thank you. Yeah. So I kind of got claustrophobic when I just heard the door lock. It's a big room. Big room, tight space, but whatever. Okay. So the whole premise of this podcast is to kind of get deeper into the subject of a person. We, as social media creators, put out whatever we want, and most of the time is stuff going behind the scenes no one ever gets to see or hear about. And to add a little fun you know, game in between, I accuse the other person of a crime, and by the end of it, they have to try and prove to me that they did not commit that crime. Okay. Your crime is the internet claims that you slay for a living. So capital murder is your charge. Capital murder? Yeah, you slay. You know, it's, a, it's a dumb crime, but I like it, so I'm going to keep it. Okay. <laughs> you okay with that? Yes, and then at the end you say, I have to prove to you why I don't slay for a living? Mm-hmm. Okay, per, yeah, per. That's going to be hard. I might as well just plead guilty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So first off, how did you get your start? You are prominent in social media. You are Markel Washington. A lot of people know of you and know you and are very, you've, you're friends with everyone. Why? <laughs> Thank you so much, Alex Horn. Um, honestly, <laughs> I started back in Georgia, honestly, and um, I was working at Subway. That was, most of you don't know that I literally had a regular person job before I started on social media. And uh, I was working at Subway making subs, and I still remember every sub and every vegetable, every order it goes in and everything like that. I started just doing social media after I was working at Subway, and then the uh, owner of Subway's wife actually asked me to come work at her boutique because she's like, you are so good with people and talking. She just wanted me to work the register at her uh, uh, boutique, so I started working there. And um, everybody just was like, you need to start doing uh, TikTok. Right. And I was like, at first I didn't know what it was because like I wasn't in social media. Like in high school, it was that was my hard time, my struggle points. And I was so focused on just graduating that I didn't have the t- time to like live a childhood because I was raising my younger siblings. And um, Jesus, there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> literally, I promise you it is. All right, let's start at Subway. Yes. Okay? How was working at Subway? What was the weirdest sub you ever made? I hate it when they tried to get a, uh, it's not an Italian BMT, it's, uh, they get salami, pepperoni, and meatballs, and then they put every vegetable on the sub, and I'm like, what the hell are your taste buds doing? (laughs) It just did not, it didn't didn't look delightful, nor did it smell delightful. Right. Anyway, but... Would you take a brand deal from Subway now? Yes, 100%. (laughs) To be from somebody who's uh, made it from the Subway uh, franchise, I guess you would say, or like the employee team, I would be so dope to like go back and like make a sub or something like that. I could see you like holding like a foot long. Buy a foot long. (laughs) Eat fresh, ho. You got to add that in there. Right. Eat fresh. Okay, so now we're past the Subway part and you ended up working at a boutique. Yes. It was the franchise owner's Wife. Wife, yes. It was the, called the Rosenbahn. They um, sell flowers, clothes, wine. Wow. Yeah, they did. It was a one-stop it's a shop. versatile yeah. shop. And we blew up balloons. And for, could you guess what I was dressed as for Hall- uh, not Halloween, uh, Valentine's Day? What? I was dressed as a gorilla. <laughs> so but I was called. I know. <laughs> I was dressed as a gorilla and I was Why called. Why would I guess that? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was dressed as a gorilla called Lucky the Love Monkey, and I would sing. I would sing and do backflips and deliver uh, people flowers and balloons on okay. Valentine's Day. Wow, you've done it all. You've done it all. 
<laughs> so on the premise of kind of like how you've become, you know, when I think Markel, I think all smiley and fun and like always wanting to do something. How did it, you just were like that in one day? Some people were like, you should do social media. You're great with people. And that's how you got started. I was not always like that, honestly. Um, So my sophomore year in high school, like I was such a hood. Uh, it would have. You know, like I played football. <laughs> Most people don't know that. I played football. I ran right. track. And um, my dad passed away my sophomore year and my mom got incarcerated my junior year. So in that, I was so shut off to the world to where I just was like to myself. And then I kind of got into the love of cheerleading. I found my love throughout cheerleading. And then I got to cheer and I found a family atmosphere there that I was missing at home. And that's what made me just get so vibrant and open because everybody there was so encouraging and they were like so uplifting and they're like, your situation doesn't dictate your outcome and your future. So they used to preach that to me. And um, at first I was just like, uh, cause it was a white, uh, a lot of white people there. And I'm like, child, they just saying that just to uplift me. You know, they want to just take in that little black boy or whatever like that. But they were genuine people. And when right. I found that out, they bought my gym raised money and bought me a Harley Davidson moped. Jesus I, fucking Christ, Marco. <laughs> There's so much to unpack every time I ask you a damn fucking question. Literally, I had a Harley Davidson moped and it went 80 miles an hour. So I was able to get to school and get to cheer practice. And the school tried to tell me I couldn't park my moped on school property. So my friends back home, they drove pickup trucks, like big suited up trucks. So they would bring a ramp and I would park my moped in the back of their truck and it wouldn't be technically on school property. So I would park it in the back of their truck every uh, morning before school and then pick it off and drive to your practice every afternoon. <laughs> okay, let's, let's break that down. Holy fuck. Okay, A, you've lived an amazing life. That's insane. But B, uh, I, within the last few podcasts I've done, and there seems to be a, a huge theme of like lack of parent. And that's something, again, that I can relate to and something that's something so mind-blowing that, you know, a lot of us all have this in common. Um your dad passed. What did your dad pass away from? Your guess is as good as mine. He was a um, he was doing all. T- he was a man for the streets. Okay. So um, he used to sling that dope on the corner. <laughs> oh wow! Jesus, take the wheel. I don't. I, actually, he passed away at thirty six, and I should probably look into it. But I tried to get the autopsy, but my um, grandma uh, on my dad's side literally tried to put a hit out on me if I came back to Miami because she, we, me and my mom uh, raised money for the funeral uh-huh. and um, they thought we were saying that we were better than them and we weren't even, we didn't even have money but my mom wanted to make a way because she knew I loved my dad sure. and she literally like started GoFundMe and she told my grandma to put uh, containers in the gas stations around Miami and she was like, we ain't doing that. And I'm like, well, he didn't have insurance, so we don't have the money to bury him properly. And when I was trying to go get the autopsy report and get some of his ashes to carry on with me, sure. she tried to tell my uncle. She was like, if he come back down here, she basically threatened me, so I was scared to go back. And I never found out how he passed away. Uh, oh, my. Okay, have you gone back? Yes, but not <laughs> to visit family. <laughs> I've gone back for like probably like my dad passed away in 2014. I've sure. probably gone sure. gone back a handful of times, like not that much. I went back for Taylor them fight, um, the TikToker and YouTuber fight. I went back for like a cheer competition or two. So probably like three or four times since 2014. That's insane. Yeah. Okay, so your dad passes away, 
And then you you didn't have that great of a relationship with him, or how were you guys? I went and seen him every summer. So I was staying with my mom doing school, and I went to stay with him every summer. And then and then your mom got incarcerated. Yes. Do you want to talk about that at all? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're, she, you're totally okay with that. Um, yeah, yeah. She she'll be the first one to try to tell her story. She <laughs> was federally indicted by the government in 2013, and they tried to give her 120 months. And then the judge was like, no, because she changed her life completely around. And basically, what it was. Um, I think they were stealing people's income taxes or something like that. It was like something cricket. I don't like really know the story too much, but I know sure. she was indicted. She, that was in 2006, and then she was indicted in 2013. So she got people around, like higher people in our uh, city kind of write recognition letters for her to take the court, like the mayor, the city uh, senator or whatever it's called. Like she took these letters with her, and they reduced her sentence from 120 uh, months to uh, four years. So she was incarcerated from my junior year until 2019. So 2015 and 2019. Holy shit. Okay, so you grew up with, you know, parental figures, but at the same time, a lot of your key moments in life, you kind of lacked thereof. Yes. Who took over? Me. So basically, it was uh, six siblings. And my grandma, she moved in a couple months after my mom was incarcerated. But at first, I was the one who kind of uh, took the initiative to kind of get a job. And sure. I had two jobs. I was working at Subway and I was working at the cheer gym at the time because I started cheering my junior year in high school. My gym knew that and they were just like giving me little jobs here and there to kind of right. make rents due. And then I was helping my brothers because I feel like when, when those uh, situations came into life, and that's why like most people, I got this semicolon for a tattoo. And uh, a semicolon can indicate so many things, but mine is uh, a semicolon that indicates a pause in a sentence. And that's how it was with my life. All these situations were obstacles that I just had to overcome. They weren't going to stop my story. I was going to still figure out a way to make it through. And um, that's how I did it. And um, my grandma actually moved in and kind of started helping us and navigating us to what we should do and shouldn't. But those were the key moments to like figuring out stuff because... Funny thing was, I I didn't have a debit card until I came to visit a Hype House. Oh, yeah. I remember you were talking about this. Yes, I literally didn't have a debit card. I, I don't even know how I paid for a plane ticket to get here. I think I paid my friend cash because I used to only deal with cash. I don't know why I thought the bank would steal my money if I put it in there. But, <laughs> yeah, I didn't deal with a debit card. Then. And it's like now it's so much because when it was time to like learn how to start a line of credit or uh, learn how to try to get insurance on a vehicle... Like when I needed my parents there for those, like transitioning to adulthood, it was hard because they weren't. Okay, so a lot of times in this podcast, we kind of go deep into like, you know, pressing things that I think have made you into the person you are today. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the lack there of parental figures is something that actually ended up helping you in your career? Or what do you think kind of caused you? Because you're a very independent, self-made person who what I've been able to see don't spend your money and you have made a lot of it. And it's something where it's like, to me, I get inspiration off that because it's like, you know, I haven't had the best spending habits, but I've also been able to build something by myself as well. I accredit a lot of that due to the fact that I was, I had to raise myself and therefore I was shoved into the real world without any indication of help. Right. Is that something that you think has accredited to you, but do you think it's also emotionally damaged you? Yes. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do think it's helped me a lot because I had to learn how to adult by myself and kind of accomplish some things that I wanted to do without them. And it made me an independent person and it made me become more open to who I am as a person. And um, like 
because my parents were the only opinion I cared about before I was such a closed off book. And after they like kind of left my life, I just was like, okay, they're gone. So it's like, now I don't care about anybody else's opinion about me. Like everybody has their opinion. They got an asshole, just like everybody got one an opinion. And um, yeah, my mom <laughs> told me that. that. Yeah. That. <laughs> um, she says, she says, everybody has an asshole, just like they have an opinion or something like that. And um, I love that. Yeah, right. And um, I had just just opened up to become and blossom as Markel as an individual. And yes, it did damage me sometimes because like that moment to where I was literally going through senior year, failing every class, and then I just I had uh, joined this uh, program called Communities in School, and they help you um, like people who were struggling without parent figures or going through stuff at home. And they take you under their wings and kind of mold you into, they like tried to help me get a summer job at this company that like a, a lot of people worked at. It was damaging because like that one moment, I only get to graduate high school once. And the yeah. fact that I didn't have either of my parents there, I didn't have anybody there actually. Nobody came and I just literally was crying. And I was, because I had one uh, close um, friend who was supposed to come that kind of took me in and was my parenting figure, but then they got caught up with work and couldn't make it. And they texted me like an hour before graduation and told me that. So like when I saw everybody else's families coming in to like see them walk, it was so devastating to me. So I was actually trying to leave graduation and I didn't want to walk. I was just like, I'll come back and get my diploma in uh, June or whatever, when they, whenever they hang them out. And funny thing was, as I was walking out the door to get in my car, the lady from communities in school was walking in. Her name's Tanya Barbie. I will never forget it. She was like, Markel, where are you going? And I was like, I just don't want to do this. Like, my family's not even here to watch me see this big accomplishment that I just achieved. She's like, Markel, you didn't do it for them. You did it for you. You did it to make them happy. But ultimately, you did it for you. And I was like, you're right. You're right. <laughs> and uh, I went back in and walked. And now I'm so glad that I had her there yeah. because if I wouldn't have walked, I would have regretted that so much. Do you ever think like everything happens for a reason? 120,000%. Like everything happens, whether good or bad, and it's setting you up for the next thing. Yes. Oh, Jesus, take the wheel. Yes. I don't know. It's just, it's crazy too because it's like the more and more I do this podcast, it seems to be that there's a common theme of like, traumatic, traumatic things that happened to them, and, and me included. And it's it's something that's kind of built us into the people we are today to be open to criticism, be open to be judged online, and be right. o- and be okay with it, knowing that that's part of our job. But also, oh. this job is pretty, like, mentally tolling. But I feel like the things that we've gone through in our lives can't even amount to the toll that initially could ruin someone. I sometimes ask people, and they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, think about where you are right now. And, like, think of the the things that you've gone through to be put into this position. I just think it's fascinating as shit. Anyway, back to back to your your mom. Are you talking with her again? Are yes, you guys, yes. You guys are good? Yep. She's doing great. She's gotten out. She's um starting her um motivational business and um that's why she got out in 2019. That's when I started social media. So sure. she got out and I started posting or whatever and then I kind of built a following kind of quick and then um She's starting. She got a job. Was working. She. We still was able to keep up with her house, and uh, now she was actually. She got a job to where she was making fifty k a year, and she was so excited about it. 
and um, these little beanhead-ass little people, like you said, it's um, obstacles that are setting you up for a better outcome. Sure. And she was so excited about her job. She was literally uh, working and an incident happened and she where her position was, I think she was like a manager or something. So she had to write up if there was a fight, an altercation or anything like that. So these people were arguing. This lady came in there trying to throw stuff, trying to fight people. So my mom wrote it up, not knowing the lady was the owner's wife. Of the business. So when she wrote it up, the owner read the write-up and realized it was his wife. The wife made him fire my mom. She was like, why'd that bitch write me up? She has no right in doing that fire. And the owner fired my mom without giving no proper detail. And my mom was like, obviously, if I knew that was your wife, I wouldn't have wrote her up. But, sir, I was just doing my job. And he's like, I totally understand, but she's my wife and I have to fire you. Fired my mom on the spot. And now she's like, I don't want to work on somebody else. sue for like a false... I know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what she's doing. But she um, is on a like better path. And like for this past Christmas, like so her first year out, 2020, sure. I had got... Uh, that's when I came and moved to LA. And I got my first big lump sum of money and I bought her a new car. So this year, um, I had paid off her mortgage for uh, the year. And I was like, I know you got some dreams and um, goals in mind that you want to achieve. And she just told me, like she asked, son, is it possible for you to help me with just two months of mortgage? Give me 60 days to kind of start my motivational speaking business. And if you think I speak so highly and like so intelligent, my mom is 20 times better. And she was like, I don't want to work under somebody else's clock and give them that type of power over me. And I was like, I see a dream. And I'm like, I know people saw a dream in me and they took the initiative to just t- take that leap of faith and just take a chance on me. So I was like, okay, I'll do the same with my mom. And she's been working her butt off to try to start up this motivational speaking company. And um, like she's wrote two books. She got signed by a, a publishing company in Atlanta and um, they took her book and like changed the title. I'm not to change the title, changed the cover of it and made it more professional and profound. And she's killing it. Bam. Shit. That's Mama insane. Washington is eating. Yeah, that's me. Do you want to shout her out or anything? If yeah. You want? Uh, her name's Estella Washington. Funny thing is, I'm the only child out of six with her last name. <laughs> I love that. Literally, I, that's why. I that's got to like, be oh something my... cool, though. That's got to yes. be like a. That's got to be like a like a bonding thing. Locally. Yes, and it's like I don't want to say sorry to my siblings, but I feel like I'm the chosen child. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like, and not saying that they um they aren't, but yeah, right, <laughs> right. Not saying that they aren't, but it's just like the obstacles that we went through in life. It just shows that my mom was facing 35 years in jail when we were in Miami, right? When we were growing up. And the other four siblings, it was four of us at the time, and the other three got separated and went with my grandma and uncle, and I got put with our cousins. I was the only one to get separated from the bunch, and that part of my life was so hard. Well, not to mention you both are now self-employed. You're both your own boss. You have so much to to bond over. Yeah, and it's just so crazy, and now I'm in the process of trying to figure out a way to start a family business to where I can like bring my sister on and... uh, kind of take care of them and you're doing everything I feel like everyone and sorry to cut you off but they, this is something beautiful you're doing everything that most people in our position say they're going to do and end up not doing period they be ready to try to buy a car and I'm like I want to create generational wealth but at the end of the day I still want to make sure Markel is good at it first <laughs> yeah. you know so I'm going to make sure Markel's stable and like you said I don't spend money I'm that bitch 
quickly say I'm balling on a budget. And like, if we were to go to out to lunch after this, I would totally say I forgot my wallet in my car knowing it's in my Prada bag. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I know Alex got budget. So we're going, oh my God, Alex, I totally forgot my wallet. But... <laughs> You know, whatever, to each their own. But, yes, right. that's what I want to do is try to create generational wealth. And if I can bring my whole family on the journey with me, that's what I'm going to do. We're going to come back to family in a bit. But I do want to ask you, you are very prominent on social media for standing up for your friends. Yes. This is something that I think a lot of people have noticed is whenever any of your friends are kind of in some drama or someone is accusing your friends of doing some stuff, I notice you're always the one. Most people, and just keep in mind, in our space, most people will not say shit. If my friend got canceled for something that they did not do, nine times out of ten, I'd be too pussy to actually say on my fucking social media that this is not true. Not Marco. Markel is quick to post about it and quick to be like, nah, this ain't true. Hello, bitch. You ain't got to be PR trained to say it's not true. What made you What made you different, I think? It's like the things like you're not, I don't know how to phrase this. You are not the typical social media star. You will say what's on your mind and you will say like what's good. And it's something that's like, I don't know. What, what made you go quick to defend them and, and why is it that you chose to do that? Honestly... You only get a good couple of friends in a lifetime. Sure. Like genuine friends that will go to bat for you and do anything for you. And those are the friends I'm going to defend. I know when to insert myself and when not to. Right. Like if I see you're doing wrong and I see like I'm going to tell you you're wrong, you know, and um, I'll be there for you, but I'm not going to advocate you. But if I see, advocate for you, but if I see you're genuinely telling the truth and I know for a fact and I see you and I like you see me see you see it. And I know you're not lying, and I know right. that you genuinely in your heart didn't do it. And some of these, like you said, some of them won't say anything. And I'm like, no, bitch, you don't got to write up a whole PR script of why this was incorrect and stuff. I'm like, act on it now. Because most people are like, you will see in the comment section, like, we're waiting on a response. We're waiting, like, why'd you do this, that, and the third. And I'm like, I have such a strong platform for advocating for people. So when I do come out and say something, everybody's quick to jump like, okay, Markel said it, so it's true. Like right. Markel said it, so it's not true. And they're quick to just, you know what, Markel, we know you're the T, like you the T guy. You, yeah. You've built a trust with the audience to be like, yes. I'm telling you what's straight. So it's Period. like, they, they'll, they'll trust you. Yes. That's amazing. So you have a, a core group of friends that you're going to stick up for. Yes. Is this something, because I've built a core group of friends, so you know them. You, they're Michael, Calvin, Patrick, Lexi, like all those people. They're very much like, I will go to bat for them. Right. And very much of like a, I feel like I've built a family. Mm-hmm. Is that something? And I've done that because I felt a lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you've built with the D'Amelios and, and those people that I see you all the time and you have such an amazing friendship slash family, sister, boy, like brother bond? Is that something you've built because of that or do you ever think about that or is that just something? Yes, because I moved to L.A. by myself. So when the D'Amelio family uh, reached out, Heidi... Uh, I love I that. I love bitch. Heidi. She is my best friend. Shout out to you, bitch. Heidi is Heidi. When my every time something bad happens in my life, or like even anything, Heidi is quick to text me. The first person. Like it's so funny Literally. because it's my friend's mom, but I feel like I'm friends just as much with Heidi as I am with Charlie and Dixie. Funny thing is, I became friends with Heidi before Charlie and Dixie. And it's like she is so the the D'Amelio family is so sweet as it is, but it's something where. 
they could have all the ego and narcissism they could want in life. They don't need anyone. They have it all kind of down to a, a T, and yet they still extend themselves out to be um, nurturers. I feel like they're the parents of TikTok. Yes, 100%. <laughs> I literally called Heidi the other day to check on her and see how she's doing, and she still somehow pulls it back to me. Marco, how have you been? Yeah. Just know if you ever need anything, you can reach out if you ever want a meeting. She with said the these. same thing to me. Literally, I'm like, Heidi, bitch, you like, <laughs> like, why are you such a down-to-earth bitch? Like, girl, yeah. I fucking run you over my car, pick you up, push you in the car, take you to the hospital, you will still be my bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, why you got to run her over? But it's just... That's that's amazing. I don't... It, that's just so cool. I, it's such a unique position we're in where, you know, parents and... I somewhat think of us as children where we're very yeah, young yeah, and, and 100%. not knowledgeable in the whole, you know adult space as it mm-hmm. is, but it's something where they, they've been able to build a bond. And I think that's something really cool. Okay. What is your greatest weakness? I think that's something that like a lot of, I don't know why I ask this question all the time. I'm just always like keen to see how observant people of themselves are. Uh-huh. So like, what would you say is like something that you've experienced that you would say is, damn, I need to like, you know, I need to do better or I need to figure that out. Something I need to do better at is allowing people in my inner circle that aren't there for a good genuine reason. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I see it, but then I still allow them to get in because I see, I try to see so much good in people. I'm like, no, I can change them. Or just being around like good energy could like let, brighten up their day type shit. And no, people have their intention from off the bat and there's nothing you can do about it. And I've let so many people in, I know they weren't good. So I would say I would probably try to work on not allowing... <laughs> people that I know is trying to use me in. Right. I feel like that's a common trend too. I feel like with our business, it's very transactional. Right. Where it's kind of like over time, you kind of realize what friends have been like true friends. And then over time it's like, you know, if numbers drop or if something kind of happens into a, uh, into a, into a T of, you know, oh, wow, this person wasn't here for this. Like, and, you know, they, they were, and now that maybe my numbers are down or something like that, they kind of aren't around as much. And it kind of becomes a telling sign of what's business and kind of, you know, things that they normal friends wouldn't do and you kind of lose right. sight of it over time. And I think content houses, especially when I was in mine, it was something where you kind of lost the idea of friendship and more of like colleague. And you right. were living where you worked and you worked with the people you lived with and people that you cared of as friends. But then over time, you kind of lose the track of what do normal friends act like? And it's, mm-hmm. it's so surreal to think that that's an actual issue people have. But truthfully, it's like, you know, in this space, it's hard to tell what are, who are friends and what is a friend at that given point, which is just crazy. It's harder for us after you kind of establish a following and a platform. It's way harder to, like, because I'm such a friendly person. Sure. And I love making new friends and getting to meet new people. But it's harder now for us after we kind of establish a platform when you go out to meet friends and then they know who you are or know you from social media then it's like, are you genuinely there to be friends with me or are you genuinely there because you know I have a follow or what I can provide right. for you type shit? And that's what makes it harder because like that's kind of my telling point. Like if somebody asks, hey, can you go back? Can we go back to your house? And that's my hardest point because I'm like, I love having people over and like, you know, I love game nights and all of that. So but fun. then I have to take my other roommates into consideration because I know Noah has a bigger platform and a lot of guys the old girls that I'm friends with, hey, let's go back to your house. And because they know who I live with and me not thinking anything of it. But as soon as that bitch try to pull a phone out or something like that, I'm like, calm down, ho, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to play whiplash. Quiplash. It, exactly. <laughs> 
No, and, I got um, you. Yeah, so it's way harder now. I, f- I feel like after you get into the industry to try to make genuine friends, and that's like yeah. a problem as well. Get it. Does the fear of getting into like transactional relationships make you hesitant to let new people in? Like, is it something? Because that's what I really I keep my circle small. Like, I don't. I typically don't go out of it. And like, you know, when I film a bit with someone, it's pretty apparent what I'm doing is I'm filming with them. And, you know, if we kick it off, we come back to my house and we hang out. Right. But it's something where it's like, I've been very, the last year, I've been very reluctant to actually make connections with people or go out to like parties. And because I feel like at that point, people go to parties in LA to literally venture and try and find different collabs and build a relationship that way. And it's very much... LA parties most of the time are business meetings, just yes. in a drinking setting. So it's something where it's like, I don't understand. Maybe I'm just getting like a lack there of being an extrovert and uh-huh. more of it becoming more of an introvert. But I genuinely speaking, just don't like going out. Like I hate it. I get so much anxiety going out. And it's something is, do you feel like you've kind of leaning towards that way of just staying in your inner circle and hanging out with people you know? Or is, are you actively looking for more people to hang out with? So I don't mind hanging out with my inner circle. Like for this upcoming week uh, or whatever, when is ever Coachella is, like this company that are sponsoring us, they're like, hey, we got these houses that y'all can stay in, but it's other creators. And we're like, no, we want to kind of stay because Blake has this envision that he wants to have a ping pong table. Uh, uh, what's the thing when you throw it in the hole? Oh, beanbag. Uh, beanbag tops? No. Yeah. Uh, cornhole. Cornhole. He wants a cornhole table, and he just wants like a very family setting to be able to have our friends over that we're very close to sure. and just be able to grill because he's learned how to cook steaks like no other. And Blake, you do cook good, cook good steaks. And um, like that's he wants just like an intimate setting with the household and then sure. like our close friend group, like y'all, and like just being able to have friends over and not have just, I wouldn't say randoms, but other creators that we don't know of yeah. and try to build a relationship and then have that little awkward tension type deal because <laughs> you get the clicks who sitting over here and like, it's just, so yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, we're pretty young too, so I feel like we're missing out on so much. Like, that's the one thing I see the problem with the way that that is. It's like, we, we don't get to like experience new people, or at least I don't. I right. don't. You probably do all the time you live with. Fun people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I live with fun people too, but it's sorry. It's kind of kind of like something where you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm in a rut. Who no, knows? you just need to get out and socialize. Yeah, <laughs> but you love your damn dogs and cats, so <laughs> and chickens now added on. So you got the house little. Y'all house is so fun when I come over there. All your dogs, and then you're always doing something so creative and like out of this world. So I'm like, damn, how does this boy, first off, think of it, create it, bring it to life, and then know how to implement it in the everyday setting? And I'm like, damn, like the other day when you put a basketball court in your house, I'm like, oh, we were bored. We would never do that, obviously, because <laughs> we aren't as cool as y'all. And I'm just like, damn, that was fire. And I, they were able to be able to play. And then we had a gummy worm oh, yeah. <laughs> play with me, Michael, and Calvin going tug of war back and forth. And like, I'm just like, that's the cool part about y'all inner circle, that y'all have that bond together and stuff sure. like that. And we do as well, but my roomies, they like to damn go out a lot. Not go out, but they have their girlfriends and then they travel and all of that. And I'm just sitting at home like, yeah. these walls are so dope. Speaking, speaking of relationships, have you, I've never been single in LA. Like, obviously, I've been dating Cover for almost four years now, which is fucking insane. I love it every day. I'm wondering, do you, have you even tried to like... Branches of the relationship world? Yeah, like for me, it's like I... I am thankful I found a girl before I moved to LA because uh-huh. I hear of all the like the horror stories of dating people in LA and kind of like how different everyone is here and you know if there's fake friends there's gonna be fake boyfriend and girlfriends too. Right. 
Have you been reluctant to, or have you tried, or like, is there anything you want to share about that? Uh, when I first came to LA, I was literally so business minded. I was so like focused on trying to grow a brand, grow a platform, and like just make a career out of myself because I wanted to be somebody and be able to take your family in. Be able to just have a path of life to where Markel could be the breadwinner. And like, sure. Um, I, now that I've kind of got that, I've been trying to branch out and look for people. And I actually went on this dating show uh, and um, they had these three people I had to go on a virtual date with. And then I went on an in-person date and it was cool and all, but it was just not for me. Yeah. So it kind of, I don't know. I, I want to date, but if y'all see this, please hop in my DM if you if you cute. Ain't got a good personality. If you're cute. Right. Cute. You ain't cute. Don't do it. Hop off. Because you know? I ain't respond. I'm just kidding. No, but yeah, <laughs> I, I want to date. And I'm not uh, like against it, but I just haven't met the right person. Like once you do have a relationship, are you planning on keeping it private? Uh, I want to at first for a, a Walk while. Walk me through it. Like what's like, because I, I remember when I was first starting to date and I was getting into social media with uh-huh. Cover, I was kind of like, oh, I don't want to post with them for six months. See if they like me for now and then, and then post with them and stuff like that. So it's kind of like, is that something like, is that the plan you're thinking of? What's the time frames? Are you planning on dating someone in this space, not in this space? Yeah, that's like, so that's the hard part. Yeah. They you be they be quick to say, Oh, I don't care about social media, and then they get around it and see how like interesting it is. Our and job's it's fun. Dope. Yeah, it's so fun. And then they're like, wait. So it's like, then do I date somebody in the space? Right. And then it's like we're battling out the whole time of like, damn, I want to have more followers than you, or damn, I want more views, or what if we collab together? It's all of that. So it's right. like, that's where my confusion comes from. But with the time frame, I'll be saying I'm not posting on my, um, posting with uh, my significant other, but I'll be thinking people cute and have a crush on them, and I'll be posting with them like, hey, let me put you on my TikTok. <laughs> you know? So if we did get serious, I would probably keep it offline for a minute, honestly. But if they if you see somebody occur more than five times on my TikTok, then you know something serious. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So y'all just wait for that consistency for that one person. I've been on your TikTok three times. Period. Period. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. There's so many questions I want to ask you. It's just you you've lived so many goddamn lives already. What what made you Markel Washington? Like I think there's there's so much to wrap around, and you've talked about cheer, and you've talked about so many cool and crazy things that initially have kind of you know assisted the ability to become who you are today. And you are very successful. You are um, very kind and humble, and that's something that you don't see very often in this space. What like what is that moment that kind of turned it for you, where you're just like you know I'm Markel. <laughs> if um, that question makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to articulate that right. Period, as you did. When I knew I was Markel, I just was like figuring out how to never take no for an answer. Sure. And so many people, after I told them I wanted to start taking social media serious, they're like, no, you don't need that. You need to go to college. And it was mostly like the parents that were helping me in the cheer industry or who took me in when I was in high school. They were like, no, you need to go to college. Like that's what they, because they, everybody is so fascinated on the one way of living life and they're like no you need to go to college get you a degree and then if you want to tap into it then and try it out that's what you need to do but i would say y'all college wasn't for me i graduated high school with a 2.1 gpa not because i wasn't smart but because i didn't apply myself i know that's what i wasn't passionate about i was going to say learning wasn't my passion but i love to learn but just about things i care about yeah you know what i'm saying so um when they told me no and i was able to make it and out of all the obstacles and stuff to overcome and just still see Markel shine through, I said, 
bitch, you're that bitch. So when I first came from um came to LA and I moved in the compound and like most of my friends back home were like, you're not gonna be able to make it in LA. It's so expensive. It's say doing this. You're not gonna be able to make money. Who and the fuck said that to you? Friends back home who now tries to hop in my DMs and slide, and I'm like. Dodge and weave. Period. Hello. Dodge and weave. Dodge and weave. <laughs> and I'm like, bitch, you trying to slide, but you about to get slid on. Like, slide right past your ass. No, thank you. Keep it moving. Right. Like, it's so cool to be able to go back to my hometown and I go to my high school football games or high school basketball games and see the student section and everybody's like freaking out that I'm in town. And it's just like, I don't, I think it's cool as hell to do that. But at the same time, I'm just like, I never want to forget where I came from. I'm actually trying to build a house in my hometown. And like, just be able to be deeply rooted back to where I came from to see the growth as a person and as like my career continues to progress on and stuff like that. It's just amazing to just open up that can of worms and be like, wow, bitch, you you did it after all the adversities and people saying you couldn't, you did it. That's insane. Uh, that, that's exactly the answer I was looking for. <laughs> I love- <laughs> Are you, okay, so you're very positive. Yes, sir. You're very, which is something I feel like is very important. You you always have a positive outlook on something, and you're also religious. Do you think religion plays a huge part in that? Because yes, one hundred percent. Because I was raised Christian, and yes. something that they always taught us was morale was kind of like, you know, like treat everyone the way you want to be treated. What I got out of it, at least, was something of how you treat other people right. and how you you know good karma, bad karma, you know, and and from there on, I kind of just have always had that mentality, and and therefore I treat everyone that way. Right. Is that something that you partake in a lot? Are you still pretty religious? Did you grow up religious? Or how did that happen? Yes, I actually sang in church. That's why like, when I sing now, so many people are like, do you sing in church? And I'm like, yeah, I used to. And they're like, I hear the, like, that will just never leave my voice, basically. <laughs> Love singing gospel music. It's the best but, music. Yes, literally. Um, 100%, uh, like you said, treat others how you want to be treated. And that's what brings me my positive notion, because if I can like, just be positive to somebody and brighten up their day. And it's like, I love getting the DMs and the comments of like, Markel, I was having a bad day and just you shining and showing who you are and you're authentically yourself. And you can be authentically yourself and still make it in the industry. You don't have to put on a front or put on a costume or play a character to try to make it. And those messages always get me through the day because sometimes I do have my down days and like, I'm not always 24%, I mean, 24 sevenly like always hyped and stuff like that. But my mom was a firm believer in life and death lies in the power of the tongue and speak things as not as though they were in the universe. Good karma comes like to those. And it's like my roommate back in Georgia, she was going through um, a struggle when she was just about to have a baby and she didn't have the money to buy a car. And she reached out and was like, hey, Markel, can you help me put a down payment on a car? And I was low-key already considering it, but I answered her, no, bitch, you know I don't spend money. And uh, she was like, well, no, I'm not asking you like for a big down payment. If you can just help me with like 1K and that will be it. But I was like, you know, I'm in a position to where, um, and we aren't even related. I haven't even been friends more, longer than a year. First off, let me tell you oh, that. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I just see so much in that young lady. She's the type of friend that I can tell I can have her around for a long time. She's a bitch who would give me the clothes off her back and stand in the street naked over me being naked type stuff. It's literally amazing. And- like anytime I'm home, she'll like before I even bought her a new car, she'll sacrifice her car because she when I was in, when I moved to California, I had a 2002 Nissan Altima and it got towed away when I was in California, so I wasn't gonna pay for that bitch to get out the tow yard. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. and uh, she she would literally go to work, 
come back and then let me use her car for the rest of the day. And she would just stay at home. And she was like, if I needed, any, if she needed anything to bring it back. But other than that, she would do it. So when I found out she needed a car, um, and she asked for a down payment, I was like, no. So then I took it upon myself. I literally surprised him. I flew back to Jacksonville, found a car, paid it off, and it was like sixteen five, yeah, sixteen thousand five hundred. And I paid the car off and drove it back home. And then she was like, wait, what are you doing home? And I was like, girl, I just wanted to tap in. I had to come back for a meeting, whatever. And I was like, wait, do you want to go eat? And she was like, yeah. So then I walked her outside. I was like, wait, let me blindfold you real fast. She was like, what? And I was like, I got a surprise for you. She had no idea because I literally told her like a month back that I wasn't going to buy the car and I was going to put a down payment on it. Right. And then I walked her outside and I was like, Madison, you've been such a great friend to me. I just know the type of person you are. You're so genuine and so just humble and authentically you. I want to be able to take this weight off your back, and it's time to get rid of old faithful. She was like, bitch, what you mean? You better take this blindfold off or I punch you. I took the blindfold off, and immediately she turned around and saw the new car with the bow on it and busted out in tears. And I didn't do it with the like the fact of trying to get anything back out of it because, I, like you said, I knew good karma would come back, and it literally came back tenfold. Like, as soon as I got back to L.A., I had got a brand deal that was out of this world. And I'm like, damn, bitch, I was popping, but I didn't know I was that popping. Because <laughs> he popping like a chopper with 100 rounds. 100%. Yeah, and it was just amazing. So, Good Karma really does come back full circle. That's amazing. Do you think you've made it? Um, Why or why not? That's a great question. Holy shit, that's the first one that you asked that has stumped me. Um, I don't think I made it yet. I... It, I, I see a line of like a line. I won't say symmetry. I just told you I graduated the two one. Uh, <laughs> a line segment. Sure. This is my lifestyle. Yep. So if you ask me, have I made it? I would make. I would say I made it three fourths of the way. Okay. So like, if we got a hundred percent, I made it probably like thirty five percent of the way. And the reason of me saying that is because I see me doing so much more. I want to get into hosting, acting. Um, I helped you with the self tape. Period. He did, and he's amazing. <laughs> Little do y'all know. By the way, three fourths is seventy five percent. One, uh, one and fourth. That's twenty five percent. One and fifth. <laughs> <laughs> one and fifth of the way. Not this bitch correct me. He could just let me live with that three fourths bit. He knew what the hell I was talking about. I'm one fifth of the way. Okay. And uh. I just want to tap into so much more things before I can truly say I made it. Until I can create generational wealth and be able to bring my family on with me. And if I'm winning bread, they can be winning like at least crumblets of the bread. With that mindset, do you think you'll ever be content? Will you like evidently like are are you type person like I am where you keep wanting more? Because at a certain point, I started setting goals for myself, and I, I still manifest. It works like a fucking bitch all the time. Right. On my mirror, I, I just write everything I want to do, and inevitably it, it happens. Do you see yourself not stopping? Or when is that? For me, it's when I have kids. I know it is. The minute I have, see a little fucking shit pop out of a vagina, I'm I'm fully, fully balls to the wall. That kid's my life. So right. it's kind of like... Do you see yourself stopping or are you going to always want more and more and more? And there's nothing wrong with that either. It's ambitious. It's something that's like... No, I can see myself stopping, honestly, to where I can just live comfortable and be myself, do anything I want and just go after it. I want to make my money make me money. And I don't have to, whether it's, I don't have to have billions of dollars and hundreds of millions of dollars. If I can just live happy and be content in what I'm doing and be happy at the end of the day and 
take your family, bitch. You can stop me at five million. Yeah, as long as it just get me through life. I don't know if five million is the right number. You know, I just told y'all two one. And um, I mean, yeah. in L.A., maybe not. But. Yeah, in Georgia, hell yeah. Yeah, Georgia. That's that's that's. You a, know, uh, you can get an acre for five k. Really? Yep. We gotta move to Georgia. Here we are. Georgia's the spot. You like Georgia? I do. Georgia. That southern style of living is just something else. I've never gone to any southern place. You should really try it out. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Describe it. How how would you describe Georgia? Well, Georgia's like, uh, it's an interesting place. It's uh, like, uh, they do a lot of mud digging and fish gigging and Uh pig rigging and um, (laughs) shit bickering. But uh, it's like lifted trucks. Nice. We got a nice beach or something like that. And uh, for anyone listening to the audio version and not watching it, he completely like flipped the switch. Yeah, so I've, I've flipped the switch because this is my Georgia accent. This is how I talk when I'm back at home. <laughs> hey, what's up, brother? <laughs> how you doing there? It's pretty good, right? It's like, yeah, yeah it's like, wait, yeah. let me hear your Georgia accent. How, what, what are you going to say? Yeah, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, that was British. Yeah, Poppy. <laughs> well, what's the Georgia version of Markel? Like, what's your name? Uh, Marquise. Marquise. Yes, Marquise. We Joy- love Marquise. Yes, I do love Marquise. He's my alter ego. He's like the energetic, like hood version of myself. Uh-huh. That's what I do when I'm when I'm with my brothers. Hey, what up? Hey, what up, fam? How you doing, fam? Y'all know what the fuck going on? <laughs> That's my Marquise version of me. I love it. It's just, it's, it's so cool to be able to tap into whatever it is. But Georgia's an interesting place. They have uh, great food, great Southern style food, great seasoning. And the people are great. Everybody has great Southern hospitality. Sure. And it's very welcoming. It's a great place to be. Are you, um, are you close with your siblings? Not as close as I would like to be, but... Uh, we actually all have a family group chat that we kind of text in every day. Sure. And my mom kind of holds it all together because without my mom texting in there, that bitch be texting. <laughs> I'm like, all right, mom, we got it. And she's so she's so uh, like wound up by cap- capturing every moment. She'll send a five minute long video of just my two younger siblings talking. They're 14 and 10. And I'm like, mom, we get it. They're talkative. We all used to talk when we were young, but she, for her, that's like she missed those. Uh, those parts when she were in jail because they were like eight and three. Sure. So she just wants to try to kind of capture That's everything. That's cute. Yeah, it's cute. But at the same time, I'm like, Mom, I'm working on trying to film something. Can you not send this long-ass video? <laughs> uh, uppercut you in your esophagus. Why didn't you pursue cheer? We've talked about cheer a few times, and that's something where, especially in my vlogs, we've made a lot of bits oriented around your cheer background. You're very good at it. But it seems to be that something that kind of like faded. You still bring it into like you know your job you are doing now, but is there a reason you didn't fully pursue it? Cheer came with college. Oh. Is there no cheer? Like I'm not it familiar is. with it. Is there yeah, cheer so outside of college? Yes, they call it an all-star program. Sure. And uh, also cheer, it can go... I've seen people compete at 42. Oh, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, you can tap into it. And I actually tried to... Uh, I, I literally stopped doing COVID. Like, I was cheering in 2020. My last competition was uh, a competition called UCA in, like, March of 2020. Right. And then that was the summer break and then COVID happened so it wasn't any competitions in 2021 or it was but it was like you're, you could only compete you had to compete with masks on Ugh. and your family was the only people allowed in the arena to watch you uh. yeah so for each team your family would come sit in front of the floor and then they'll leave and then the next team so it wasn't exciting and that's what I love about it like being able to be there see all the other teams compete and just cheer each other on 
But I actually just tried to uh, join a team in this year, February. I was going to join a team. And uh, it's a team up in Calabasas called California All-Stars. And they just were trying to practice four times a week. And I was like, okay, that's just something I'm very passionate about. But I can't just you dedicate You can't drop four days. Yeah. I'm like, that's just like a – it's a passion, but it, it could be a job. But For something for me, it's like I have a lot of things I don't film that I truly enjoy. And right. I don't incorporate it into my job as much just to get my mind off of it. Something like right. therapeutic. And I feel like cheer is a huge thing for you that I think you're really passionate about too. Literally, I can go cheer <laughs> any day of the week. Like I saw Nikita doing a cheer stunt the other day. And I would like text her so fast like, oh, my gosh, I see you. You're doing so good. She's like, I want to get my full back. And I'm like, girl, I want to come in and work with you. Like <laughs> – I, anytime I see it, I get so excited and be trying to perform and yes, like it's that yeah, yeah. It seems exciting. It really does. It really is. I was super into tumbling growing up, so it was something where it's like I resonate a lot with that. Where it's like it's just fun. It's yeah. just something where it's like your body moving around like that. It's just and like, I was literally so that was my most athletic point out of all the sports I played football. Uh, baseball and I ran track. Cheer was like the best workout because it's a full body workout. And if anybody want a dump truck, that's where mine came from. All right. So you have a cheer squad, okay? And you can only, you're the captain of the cheer squad, but you can only have influencers as your team. Who's in your squad? Okay. Um, Let's do six, including you. So pick five. Okay. I would say Charlie because she's a flyer. She's got the flexibility. Mm-hmm. Me as a base. You as the other base, because you got the if you got a tumbling background, and I feel like you can give me spear fingers. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm showing my spirit my spirit fingers right now. If you guys are on, not on video, you like them? Good form. Um, don't don't talk about me form. All right, okay. I could be like Nikki. I told him he got good form, and when he used a spear, he usually got good form. But um, All right, who else? Yes, okay. Me so and you Charlie's are the base. Flyer. Charlie's flyer. Um. Noah back spot because um he's he uh oh he's Noah's strong the, yeah he's strong as shit and he's so quick to pick up stuff sure. he went into a cheer gym that's what we should do what take the take all of us into a cheer gym and actually try to do and learn some cheer I'm no, so down literally <laughs> Noah literally went into the gym and uh, on his Noah tries things and I taught him cheerleading but we went into a gym with an actual team with flyers and stuff and he learned how to base and he made a bitch do a backflip in the air and had to catch her so her her life was in his hands it's called a back tuck basket three people under the basket right and you got a flyer so you hold the, you hold the wrist and then you dip throw the bitch she does a backflip and you have to catch her body and uh it's I'm a, good I'm, I'm good I, I'm, I'm fine with the base right 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 <laughs> you are the base I'm good with the base period and Noah flew too actually he went up in the air he flew <laughs> exactly. It was me and the other. I think it was a girl base. No way. And in a boy back spot. Yeah. That's awesome. He was literally tight. He was like booty cheek tight. <laughs> and um, it was so cool. So that would be a great thing to do. But yeah, my cheer squad: Charlie flying, me side base, you main base, Noah back spot. Um, I'll have Nikita. I gotta have Nikita because she's gonna bring the sass and center dancer. She'd and, make the uniforms too. Yeah. Yeah. Period. And then last person, we need another tumbler. I think we need another tumbler. So we'll do we'll do six total. Uh in the influencer world could probably tumble. Bryce Hall. Really? He literally, we were just at the uh Warner Brothers Studios and did a round of backhand spring. I was like, huh? Yeah, it came out of nowhere. Okay. 
Yeah, Noah can do a round off talk too. I can do a round off talk. Period. We're, we're we got meant a squad. For this. We're meant for this. We got a squad. If somebody don't implement this and get us uniforms, yeah, we need sponsors. Seat Geek. Hello. <laughs> Seat Geek, give us a, uh, not give us, sorry. Give Seat, us Teslas to yeah. drive there. Seat Geek, can you please give us uniforms and Teslas to drive there? We would really appreciate it. Thank you. Nikita, make our uniforms, make them cute. Crops. Well, let's go back to Seat Geek and Tesla. You've won a Tesla before. Yes. That's nuts. How did that happen? So, David had this uh, PR package to go around, and crazy thing is, sorry. Is that the one where we had to spin it? Yes. Okay, so I did that too. Yes. Oh, and you didn't win. Sorry. Um, But you already have a Tesla Model S. Very nice, actually. And I don't know what it is with my winning spree of spinning wheels. SeatGeek actually had to spin the wheel at the roast. And um, I won Bad Bunny tickets off SeatGeek, a spin wheel challenge. What the fuck? Yeah, they had like Coachella VIP tickets, Bad sure. Bunny, Billy Eilish, Olivia Rodrigo. They had, and then they had like $100 gift cards, only all of them. And I was like spending it. I still need to email SeatGeek, by the way, for those tickets because yeah. I haven't gotten them yet. Yeah. But but when my spin the wheel challenge with David, spent the wheel, and uh, they had already given out two Teslas. One person already had one from our house. His name's Tanaj, amazing music musician. He loves Tanaj. Yes. And he won, and he was like, y'all better go ahead and spin before me because I'm going to win. Just talking. Manifestation. Yeah. He literally went up there and won right off the bat. Third person to go. And they were trying to unpack it. And I was like, wait, Natalie, can I spin it? She was like, we don't have any more Teslas. I was like, I know I'm not going to win. I'm just like trying to spin it. And then I go up there trying to be all cute, poked my butt out, and then went and spent it or whatever. And then everybody was like, now what if you win? You'll be so upset. And I was like, child, ain't no way I'm winning, but I would be upset. And then Natalie was like, no effing way. And I was like, wait, what? I look back at the wheel and it's like. Why are those sound effects so good? Right. I don't know. I, I de- no, yours didn't sound good. You're choking on a hairball. Okay. Um, but yeah, it got to the Tesla emblem, and I literally started, I dropped to the ground, started doing the worm, started twerking. I gave a whole speech, and I was like, when there's a will, there's a way. I, I didn't have a vehicle, but now I'm going to have one. Manifesting it, but knowing they already didn't have any cars. And I'm like, y'all thought I was out. Y'all tried to count me out, but I didn't. And then uh, Natalie then was like, we don't have any more Tesla's markup, but we'll figure out something to give to you. So they went back to David. David saw the video, and he's like, there's no way that I can't. So I text Heidi. I was like, Heidi, oh, my God, I won the thing. And she was, I was like, but I didn't win a car. She was like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, they only had two to give out, and they already had given them out before I won. She was like, oh, hell no. That is insane. You actually spent it in one. I was like, yeah, I sent her the video. She's like, okay. Uh, and I sent her. Di- Dispo was like, Markel just spent the wheel. What should we give him? I literally told everybody, go comment Tesla. I sent it to Heidi, too. I was like, go comment Tesla. Go comment Tesla. Heidi took it a step up. Heidi reached out to David. Her and Charlie reached out to David and was like, this young man needs a Tesla. What do we need to do to make this happen? And I guess they all worked with each other. And the next day, Heidi was like, hey, do you want to come film for our Hulu show? I was like, yeah, I'm so down. But I didn't think anything of it because she didn't tell me. She didn't, Her and Charlie didn't tell me that they reached out to David or Dispo. They literally uh, invite me over so First, as soon as I get there, I see seven big-ass cameras. So I'm like, okay, these hoes got what? Budget. Budget. (laughs) (laughs) They had what? Budget. Period. (laughs) So um, 
they literally um bring me in. Mark's talking, and he's like, "So, Markel, what happened uh, yesterday?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" He was like, "Well, didn't you win a test?" And I was like, "Yeah, but I still didn't have no idea." I'm explaining to Mark, and I'm like, "Papa Mark, this shit was rigged. Like, I was spending and wanting, but it's okay because they, I think they're gonna give me something." Not even five minutes later, David walks in. Hi, Markel. I'm like, hey, David, what are you doing here? He had two pieces of merch. And then I was like, oh, I mean, this is cool. And he was like, oh, I also got something in my car for you. So mind you, at this point, I'm thinking I'm like about to get a $10,000 check. Like, it's good. they're going to bring out one of those big-ass rectangle checks. And I'm like, what am I going to prepare my speech to be? And he's like, yeah, I got something in my car for you. And he was like, why'd you spend it? And I was like, well, I didn't think I was going to win. And then he was like, it's fine. But Natalie saw the video. Heidi didn't reach out. They were like, we got to get a merch and figure out what to do. Oh, wait. He reaches in his pocket. <laughs> Sound effects. I like yeah. it. Yeah. And he was like, oh, wait. I got this outside for you. Hands me a Tesla key. I went ballistic. Ran through the house. And it was because it was just so unexpected. I sure, genuinely sure. thought I was getting that rectangular check and I was ready to thank all my sponsors and everything. Like, <laughs> I, that's that's the route I was going. Thank you, SeatGeek. Yes, yeah. yes. Like, thank you, SeatGeek, for my my Tesla, my uh, uh, all of that. Like, I was ready to go for everything. I literally went outside and saw it and it was the most beautiful thing ever. But then I didn't get to keep that one. So I was like, wait, so is this, wait. This is just for the video. And he was like, no, no, no. You get to customize it whatever color you want. And I was like, are you serious? Yeah, pick whatever you want. And I got it royal blue because that's my favorite color. I saw it. It's outside. Yes, got to pick out the rims for it and the seats. And it was just amazing. So I'm so happy for that. That's amazing. All right, so we're getting close to the wrapping mark. Yes. And there's one question I wanted to say for you is you're doing a lot of cool stuff. What what do you want to inevitably do? What's what's Markel's goal? Like. There's something along the lines of like, you know, in our job, there's multiple career paths you can take. I'm always curious to see, like, for me, like, inevitably, I want to end up doing music. What what do you want to do? Do you not know what's... No, what's I know. The, walk, walk me through it. What's going on? So my ultimate goal, I would love to host. Um, hosting, I just feel like it'll bring out another side of me that... M- me or anyone else hasn't seen before. Like, And I'm talking about like a show like... How Steve Harvey does, like the family feud, that is so amazing to me to get to interact with new people every other day and like just make people smile. And I don't know if it's game hosting or like red carpet events or like hosting a reality show, something in those realms. Like even if I hosted like a Wipeout series or an American Ninja oh, Warrior, that, I would watch that. You're, yes. you're very quick. Yes, you're very with quick. The one-liners, and that is where I would shine through. So, um, I would like to get that in like more out of the digital space or not even out of, but I would just like to add to my resume with more traditional jobs like acting and uh You're very good at it. Period. Thank Thank you. <laughs> See right there, I was acting like I care what he thought. <laughs> Somebody you. give me a damn Oscar. Give me an Oscar right now. But yeah, that's like that's the ultimate goal I see for Markel. And not if, but when I achieve those goals, I ah, there you will go. be period. Manifestation. Y'all remember that if y'all take anything from this podcast, manifest it. Speak things as not as though they were. Speak it into the air and is speak it into the air and into existence and it'll come true. Well, at that given point, I found you not guilty of your crime. I don't think you kill people with your looks. <laughs> hey, well, I don't think I kill him either. <laughs> At this time, Markel Washington, you are officially locked out. Thank you. Now get me out of this damn closet before we roam so I start breaking shit. Bye, guys. Bye.